Blog Talk Radio. This is All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Call our guest line at any time during the live show at area code 646-727-3235. And let's talk about wine. Again, the phone number to call is 646-727-3235. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Thank you, Buster. They're excited. They're excited because it's warm here in Florida, and they're excited because we're back on the show after being off for two weeks. <laughs> yes. Well, I've you've been off for two weeks. I've been off since January 25th is the last time I have notes on here. So that's oh, uh, really. Yeah, yeah. That's Hi. the last, oh, that's last show I I did a couple of shows by myself. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I looked at my notes and I go, wow, January 25th? So, yeah, it's been about two weeks for me. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's a, wow, big change. Um, so oh. back into it now. Welcome to yeah. February 22nd. So, what, what happened? <clears throat> I, wow. I'm going to have to run into the other room in a minute here and find. Oh, there it is. I don't have to. Uh, you know what? What you need to eat. We haven't covered that because we haven't been on there. Well, what happened was Mike had things coming up. He was sick, and I did a show. And then two weeks ago today, for some reason, Blog Talk Radio started to play games with us. And Mike and I both went on to log in, and it wouldn't let us log in. It said that we weren't allowed to do a primetime show, and on and on and on. So we didn't do a show. Then last week I had something I had to attend, and so I wasn't on last week. And so it's been, you know, mm-hmm. some time here since we've been on. But in, in that time, there's been... Valentine's Day and all sorts of stuff has happened. So we've had Lent started and and a bunch of stuff. So we are back. We're here. We're going to talk about, I've got real estate to talk about tonight. Uh, get us caught up on our, our real estate section. And uh, we got, uh, I got my new big book in for uh, 2018, my uh, winery list book and all that. I'm a come to that and tell you a few things on that, which is, it's always fun. And I am seven days away counting today from full retirement. Wow. Counting down on that too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's odd. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to miss it, but still going to do the show here. So don't, don't run away. Don't panic. The show's still here and we're going to still continue on this and, and uh, maybe I can, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I was on by myself, maybe this is a good opportunity to pick up more guests since uh, I've been flooded at work doing stuff and 
really hadn't had a chance to do guests, and so this is possibly a chance to expand all about wine on Blog Talk Radio and start getting ourselves guests again and all that other good stuff. So, and also, you know, maybe pick up some people instead of just trying to get them on at this this hour on a Thursday night. Maybe we can do it some other time during the day or during the week or something when they are free. So we'll see. Uh, it's, but mm-hmm. it's coming up that I'm going to retire and be able to do that stuff. So let's do some real estate. We don't have real estate music. We keep talking about that. And in fact, we don't have much of anything because our studio here, <laughs> for some reason, decided not to show all of our stuff after Blog Talk Radio played games with us. And so, I don't know. So, yeah. Oh, well. We're looking at other other places and other servers, and whenever we do, they say, oh, we got bought out with Blog Talk Radio. So, you know, it's... Yeah. Very strange. Yes, (laughs) yes, it is. So, we have some real estate. This is uh, after the first year. First time we got here, Again, as always, if you're interested in the real estate properties, contact me uh, through uh, All About Wine. We can't do it through the winery anymore because um, those are fading down. But you can always do it in All About Wine. I'm uh, All About Wine 101 at gmail.com and also Facebook page, uh, Facebook slash All About Wine. So either one of those. You can contact me, and we will respond to you about information on these real estate. First one, 446-plus acre vineyard property in the Sierra Foothills AVA, 217.4 planted vine acres, and it has additional plantable land. Uh, entire 2018 crop is uncommitted uh, NID water, which I'm not sure what that means. But uh, Sierra Foothills, uh, if you got a nice area there, and uh, they're getting they're getting some rains and stuff up there. Next one, this is odd. It doesn't say anything. It just says Ozark Mansion Estate and Winery. I don't know if it was Ozark, Missouri, or Ozark, Arkansas, but more than likely Missouri, because Arkansas, most of the wineries are on the northwestern corner, so more than likely Missouri. Doesn't say anything else. If you're interested in finding out more about that, get in touch. I'll give you the contact information. Trestine 80-acre parcel in San Diego. Steel building, well, two tanks, and a barn. It's not planted, so they're saying uh, pristine acreage, but not planted. Vineyard Estate, 68 acre, 48 acres planted in vineyards, and includes a 4,500 square foot hilltop home in the center of Fair Play. Price has been reduced down to 2,000 or 2,195,000. So, wow. Um, 4,500 square foot home. That's a big home. Uh, Fair plays in the foothills uh, over in uh, eastern California, that area. 
Sierra Foothill Vineyards and Winery. This is two 60-acre parcels. Parcel one includes plus or minus 20 acres of premium varietals and stunning home site. That is $495,000. That's less than a half a million. I mean, y'all, two, you know, 20 acres of premium varietals planted in the home site. I mean, that's that's a good deal. Parcel number two includes plus or minus 34.3 acres. Uh, it's planted also in premium varietals. Uh, bonded 2,000 square foot winery building and a home site. That's 555000 Make an offer we can't refuse and combine the parcels. Uh, that's in the North County property, Sierra Foothill, North County, Sierra Foothills. A new listing. 1084 Lalande Lane in Napa. It's the Combsville AVA. 10 acres of gated parcel with an 8-acre high-quality hillside Cabernet vineyard previously designated to Joseph Phelps' flagship insignia label and Robert Craig's flagship affinity label. Woo! 4.6 tons an acre plus an approximate 3,173 square foot Four bed approximately. Now, how approximately four, 3,173 square? That sounds pretty specific to me. Why did I have to say approximately? Um, four bedroom, three and a half bath, single story residence and guest house on a knoll with a panoramic vineyard views. Listing price only five million six hundred forty-three thousand dollars. And again, that's in Combsville. Napa. You know, for Napa, that's a good price. You know, for what you're getting there, that is a good price for Napa. Uh, it's, you know, prices are very expensive up there. And, and obviously, those vineyards have some prestige behind them already. So they should be putting out some good grapes. Camino Tasting Room and Winery with Vines. Camino Tasting Room. Uh, plus winery and vines. And that's it. That's all it says about that. It doesn't say anything more. It tells contact information, but nothing more than that. So there you go. Next one is not too much more chatty. It says pristine 80 acre parcel in San Diego. I think I just told you about that. Didn't I? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. I didn't cross it off from the other one. Uh, again, still building well. Two tanks and a barn. That's all the information on that. There you go. We're getting out of California. Going to Southern Oregon. There's a winery and taste room for sale there. Oh, I'm sorry. Lease. 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 It says lease, lease, lease three times. 6,000 square foot of winery, tasting room, and climate-controlled storage. That's a big building, 6,000 square foot. Turnkey winery up to 10,000 cases, fully permitted and ready for the 2018. Can sell established brand or house label. On-site housing included, $72,000 a year, three-year contract minimum. Triple, not lease. 
whatever that means. I'm not a road I don't understand that. So there you go. Southern Oregon, Lee Stacey's, 72000 a year. Turnkey Winery Lease in Sebastopol. Sebastopol. Leasing. First time we've ever seen a couple of leasings like this. Available starting for the harvest of 2018. The harvest. So that won't be available until late summer. Fully equipped turnkey 30 to 40 ton winery in the industrial park of Vaca Drive facility in Sebastopol. Five-year lease with five-year option. Set up for high-quality small lot production. And uh, let me know. There's a web address here that also says for details, including a list of equipment and to make an appointment. So let me know. And Sierra Foothill Winery. This is... A profitable, award-winning brand, tasting room, and inventory in Murphy's. Opportunity to lease 2,000-case winery facility negotiable. No direct inquiries to tasting room, please. So you have to go to a realtor. Don't be calling up there. Last one. uh, (laughs) 446-plus acre vineyard property. Also in the Sierra Foothills AVA, 217.4 planted vine acres and additional plantable land. Did I just read that? Yes, I did. That was one of the first ones I just read. Well, I didn't do a very good job of crossing these off. Smith All Offers. That wasn't on the first one, so they're getting ready to sell this now. So there you go. There's our real estate for this time. This is the last couple of papers that I've gotten on it. Um, Maybe I can find a realtor, too. This is something else that I've always said I wanted to do. And working, I just haven't sat down and called them and all that. So let's see if I can't get a hold of a realtor that would be willing to come on uh, once a month and talk to us about real estate and what's available. If we can get one that can come on and tell us about it. I mean, free advertising. What the heck does they want? I tried to go call one guy and he wouldn't have you know never returned my calls i emailed him he never returned my email and he probably thought i was a kook but his loss so uh there it goes that's the real estate for the month or for this period this is what you guys got to january february where's march that's april where's march Huh. Um, I'm I'm looking at what's happening this month as far as or this next week as far as food goes. So you can uh, match your wine up to your food. Where is... Oh, well. Uh, I've got this one, fellas, so that's what counts. What's coming up this next week that you can match food and your uh, wine, uh, celebrate the days and all? What's that? Hmm. Boy, that's... I'll look for it later. Today is the 22nd. Today is National Margarita Day. 
92% of the people who like margaritas like them frozen. I, I heard that on the radio today. Uh, oh, there it is. I found it. Um, no, it isn't. That's not it. That's only four. Uh, 92% of people like margaritas like them frozen. 13% of people surveyed do not like margaritas. Hmm. So, they're probably wine drinkers. But Margarita Day, National Margarita Day today. Tomorrow, National Banana Bread Day. I like banana bread. We haven't had banana bread in a long, long time. Hear me, engineer? We need banana bread. Also, tomorrow is National Chili Day. There you go. Now, there's all sorts of wines you can match with chilies, depending on what type of chilies you got, what you're doing, and all that stuff. But, you know... I always, you know, whenever people ask me what they're going to have with chili, I always tell them to play. Get yourself a Gewürztraminer. That's a white wine with some spiciness to it. Have that with chili. I don't think, I, I think the Gewürz would hold up. As long as the chili's not just super, super spicy, I think you would have a good combination there. Don't go Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris, uh, even Chardonnay, stuff like that. I don't think they would hold up to most chilies, but... Um, Diverse demeanor, as far as the white wine, was good. Then you can go to reds. Even some nice fruity, uh, flowery blush wines, I think, with some chilies, depending on what you're doing with your chilies. Some of those would go well. So some suggestions. It, uh, but tomorrow's National Chili Day. Then Saturday, National Tortillo Chip Day. Doesn't say dips or anything, just tortilla chips. And so, um, you know, if you're going to have tortilla chips, get yourself uh, uh, go with the uh, lighter wine. I don't think I, there's that's where your blushes and your your uh, rosés, even white zin stuff like that would come in with your tortilla chips. Sunday, 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 National Clam Chowder Day. I like clam chowder. Um, Sunday's National Clam Chowder Day. Uh, it uh, doesn't say if it has to be New England or Manhattan or Rhode Island styles. What's Rhode Island style? Do you know? It says here, New England, which that's the creamy one. Manhattan is the lighter one, but the red one. Yeah. And But Rhode Island, what's Rhode Island style? Clam chowder. Huh. I don't know. Monday, National Pistachio Day. So pop open your pistachio. Uh, get the ones that are dyed red and get your fingers all red. Tuesday, National Kahlua Day. Now, that's not a good day to drink wine with the Kahlua, but it's also National Strawberry Day. Drop a strawberry in your Riesling. Drop a strawberry in your uh, blush. Drop a strawberry into your Sauvignon Blanc or any of your white wines. Have some strawberries with a white wine. Always good, always festive. And then Wednesday, again, not a, a good wine day, but National Chocolate Souffle Day, which if I still made the plantation of spice, would go great with that. But alas, I do not. So, 
And there you go. That's our food for the next week. And I was going to tell you what's next Thursday, but I, I can't find my March list here. I know I have it, but I can't find it. I'll have to have to search. But that's a, that will get you through until the next program. So we're good there. I got my new 2018 directory, Wine and Vines 2018 Directory and Buyer's Guide. Uh, always look forward to it. In fact, it seemed to be running late. So last Wednesday it was, week ago yesterday, I called. Oh, no, it was last Tuesday. I called last Tuesday. And I said, where's my guide? It's supposed to be here by now. Why are we not getting it? And the guy said, oh, he said, we're a little slow on printing. You should have it within a week. Uh, and about two hours later, the UPS driver came up and handed it to me. So uh, if I had a little bit more patience, I could have not had to call. But oh, well. Wine industry metrics snapshot. This is, if you want to, metrics uh, data is available at winesandvines.com slash metrics. That's just winesandvines, big long word, nothing special on spelling, dot com metrics. So uh, those are the latest metrics on that. But U.S. wineries by annual case production, large wineries. Uh, this is for last year, obviously. 2018 is not here yet, as far as this that. But a half a million plus cases, the wineries. There's uh, 65 of them last year, and increased by one over the previous year. Medium wineries, that's 50,000 to 499,000 cases. 262, that increased from 256. Small wineries, 5,000 to 49,999. That's up to 1,592 wineries in that range. Very small wineries, which is the big category, which is most of this country. And people come in and say, oh, there's wineries, right? Yeah, well, most wineries are small. I tell them, like Florida State Winery, and a lot of them you find out there are small. These are the ones that do from 1,000 to 5,000 cases a year. And uh, they stand there. 3,685 of those around the country. What's interesting is this is the same number as last year. It didn't increase, nor did it decrease. Um, it jumped up by almost 75 from the previous year, but uh, from last year, from 16 to 17, stayed the same. Actually, it's one less for 18 because Florida State Winery is closing. Winery case production range. Uh, those numbers break down to just about the same as what I read you there. It doesn't vary. In fact, it doesn't vary at all. Uh, so percentage of U.S. production by size of winery. Large wineries produce 81% of all the wines. Medium, 11%. And small, 6%, very small, which is the one that's 3,685 wineries, produces 2% of all the wines. But they're all over the place out there. Off-premise sales. 
2017, it's up there. It's it bounced up a little bit. Uh, overall for the year, it's higher than 16, quite a bit higher than 17. So it's improving. Direct consumer shipments, uh, $400 average for October last data available. But again, everything seems to be higher than 2016. So that's good. An interesting one, the winery job index from 2015 to 2017. It has increased on 2017. And it's not, I, you would expect to see a little dip because of the, all the fires in California and stuff, but it, it's not. It's still holding steady. So that's uh, numbers there. The metrics, again, if you want to check out the metrics, go to winesandvines.com metrics, and they will have the uh have all that information and more for you to see there. Okay, these are all the wineries in the country and all the names and all that stuff. And they got got them listed here for uh, Mexico and Canada and all sorts of stuff. Wineries in Mexico, Baja, California, the south of Tijuana down in the Peninsula down there, Baja California has a whole bunch of them. I was surprised when I saw this list. Uh, they have a bunch of wineries down there. And most other places are just, uh, you know, one or two wineries, and that's it. Okay, let's uh, direct shipping regulations. It goes into all this. Now I'm going to tell you something funny. Well, not funny. My daughter wanted couple of bottles of wine before I closed up. So I boxed, she wanted, she wanted the stars. So I boxed the stars up, two bottles of stars, and shipped it to her. And uh, she lives in uh, Ogden, Utah, north of Salt Lake City. I shipped it to her. And at the same time, I shipped a couple other shipments of different things to other people. One to Atlanta, one to Maryland. And the one to Atlanta got there in like three days. The one to Maryland got there in five days. I got calls from both of them. A week and a half later, I asked my daughter, did you get the wine? She says, no, it hasn't came in yet. And so I you know, don't know what's going on here. A couple of days later, she texted me. She says, still no wine. That afternoon, which was three days ago, that afternoon, UPS pulled up and he walked in. I said, I didn't order anything. I'm closing. He said, well, this is your And I said, yeah. And it was the wine. But, but, you recall I shipped her two bottles of Stars. Well, this was in a completely different box. It wasn't the shipping box I used. This was the completely different box. And it had one bottle of stars in there with the cork out and then punch back down in. You know how if you take a cork out, you just punch it back down in there. That's how it was. It was wrapped in bubble wrap. It had a plastic bag, a UPS plastic bag 
wrapped around it and put in the box and then taped and sent back to me. The driver came up to the door and he stood outside for a couple of minutes and he came in. I go, why is this return? He says, I don't know. I don't understand that code there. Well, I tried to look it up and there's nothing in anything I can find in UPS that tells me what this code is. So I did look up shipping to other states, okay? And they have this whole list here of everything and rules and regulations and uh, it tells you, uh, you know, direct shipping exceptions, carriers that have accepted uh, permit requirements, distributor relationship, brand labels, solicitation guidelines, sales tax required, excise tax, additional reporting required, aid verification measurements, notable changes since 20, uh, in 2017. And this is the column for every state in the nation here, and most of them are just pretty basic stuff. Uh, and there's, you know, not much of anything here. And I go back to Utah, and uh, the column here it has a picture of Utah, and it says, on-site sales for shipping, prohibited. Off-site sales for shipping, prohibited. And then the whole column is pink and blank, but there's a little UPS or FedEx truck here with a red X on it, and it says potential felony for noncompliance. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What are you, what are you doing? Open. I know. You're not, supposed to, you're not supposed to retire in jail like that. Come on. <laughs> I, I, yeah, really? Really? I, you know. A potential felony, and you know, obviously somebody that one of them's gone. One of them, that might be evidence, you know. And then the other one was open. I, you know, I don't know why. Only other states that have that is Alabama. Only they don't say potential felony; they just say prohibited, prohibited. And uh, Mississippi says prohibited, and they got the old truck with the X in it. But that's it. Those are the only other two that say prohibited and, and with the little truck. This one says potential felony. Oh, my gosh. I just, you know. So, like I said, it, it came back, and I've, I've got it, but I don't know. I'm just waiting for the wine police to come in and throw cuffs on me and take me to wine jail. Uh, and then on the page here for volume limits, Utah just all blanked out, pinked out, as is Alabama and Mississippi. So I wonder if freethegrapes.org, if I go to jail, I'm going to throw work with me and come on my side. I, I'm going to have to keep that in mind. Um even on the licensing table here, they don't even show Utah. It's not even listed. So, so I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, obviously, there's a, an issue. <laughs> maybe, maybe with me. And let's see what else we got here on this little book that's all interesting. Uh, it lists all the different types of companies that sell all sorts of different stuff which is a great source for me because I'm going to try to get a hold of uh, some of these people who make 
different things like uh, cakes and uh, uh, oak barrels and there's closures and packaging and boxes and all this different stuff that has to do with wine. I'm going to see if all of them would be interested, any of them would be interested in coming on the show and talking about it because we are all about wine and all this stuff is part of all about wine. It's uh, the wine is interesting, but I think some of this other stuff that they talk about, you all might find interesting out there also. So we're looking over the 2018 of trying to hear some different guests on here and different things. And also vineyard supplies. There's there's a whole section here on vineyard supplies. And this is also uh, interesting because it talks about... uh, uh, animal bird and pest control in the vineyard and uh, bird and deer control and harvesting and the fertilizers and fencing and gondolas and stuff. Just different things uh, that you don't think about when you pop open that bottle of wine and start drinking it. But these are all things that are all part of the whole picture before it gets into that bottle. And it could be fine. Also, they have a whole list of the associations and education groups. So that also could be a good source. And then we've got uh, different facilities and construction. So I've got myself quite a book here to start looking at this stuff. Uh, Financial, legal, and admin services. I might need one of those if I ever go to Utah. They'll be waiting for me arrest me but good book good source and we will be utilizing it this year and uh, doing doing stuff with that i was i am going to get into it not this week though uh, because it's going to be a full program and we'll do it next week i have a guest i need to call to and get her on the program i i uh sent her an email and i haven't heard from her but uh I uh, got to get a hold of her and get her on the program. But I have a guest. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I have a, a, not a guest, a list here of things that we need to talk about in a couple. What, what happened to that? Um, and we need to talk about next week. Now, this is, we've already started this discussion, and we're going to get into it even more. The wand. Oh, here we go again. Everybody says, oh, Ron, do you have to hash on that again? Yeah, I do, because I found some others. Uh, actually, like seven or eight others that guarantee that they can remove the sulfite from your wine. And uh, it, 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 oh, my. I mean, you know, just... Just to give you a, a, a quick preview here, sulfite removers, ULO, drop it, the wand, uh, stick it, you be free, clear wine with a KL, SO2GO, so to go, pure wine and soul free. These are all the things we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to, I, I've been, and in fact, couple of these i went to inquire about him and you had to leave your email address it was required to leave your email address i'm getting emails 
every other day from a couple of these uh, saying, oh, you must be interested. You know, we'll, we'll remove your sulfites from your wine and all that. So tune in next week for that. Uh, it's going to it's going to be an interesting ride on that stuff. We're going to, I'm going to see if I can't get some of them between now and then and do some tests, do some sulfite tests. And uh, I've got some articles that I've found that we're going to be pursuing and reading and talking about and all sorts of stuff. So that's coming up next week. That's a little tease for you there for those of you who are looking forward to to that. Um, here we go. Afternoon. Uh, oh, wine train. Wine train. Let's see where it is. It was right here. No, it's not. Oh, well, that's an after this one. Oh, here's this one I'm going to talk about. This is, it says smoke Paint stays in wine grapes. All right. This is something we've talked about, smoke taint, but in the aftermath of the fires, and they're getting some more fires out there. Yeah, I don't know if you all heard about that, but there's been some more fires that's popped up in California. Um, they're concerned about another drought, uh, not getting the water and the rains that they're supposed to. In fact, it was funny. I talked to, uh, again, my daughter who lives in Utah, and she said it's been a very, very dry winter there. Usually, she can look out and see the mountains all around them and be full of snow way down the mountains. She said now, just the peaks of a few of them have snow. It's not nearly the amount of snow that they need or require to replenish the lakes and streams and everything for water needs of Salt Lake City. And the same thing is happening in California. The snows haven't been hitting like it should. And so therefore, I, and when I lived there, this is something you always worried about in the winter. How are the snows going? You need the snows up in, in the mountains and the foothills in the mountains because then that melts and it fills up your reservoirs and all of your areas that you do need the water. And it's having a problem again. It's happening again. So maybe we might be in the middle of a beginning, or not middle of the beginning of a new drought in those areas. Now, smoke taint stays in wine grapes, researchers say. even when they're not smelled or tasted. And a new tasting or a new testing can help growers find out if they have too much smoke in it. This is from uh, again British Columbia. It they're saying that wildfire smoke is absorbed very quickly into wine grapes and can remain after the grape is cleared and even when the grapes taste normal. And this is from University of British Columbia's a Canagan campus. I think I pronounced that right. They've also devised a tool to help growers determine the levels of smoke taint in grapes and whether a crop is worth harvesting or not. Uh, recent University of British Columbia 
and super research and development study determined that volatile phenols, which is the chemicals in smoke that can give wine that off-putting smoky flavor and aroma, uh, and not the good stuff. You know, sometimes you hear people, oh, they're a little smoky, and you don't want that, are absorbed quickly in grape skin, and it remains there. Wesley Zandberg, who's an assistant professor of chemistry at uh, Macaulay, says that the biology of how wine grapes respond to smoke has really not been understood properly. Winemakers know that grapes grown in smoking conditions can lead to smoky-flavored wine, although the grapes themselves taste normal. How and why this happens, they have no idea. This is a mystery. Since this team has collected samples of Cabernet Franc grapes after exposing them to a simulated forest fire, and they tested the volatile phenols at several intervals after the exposure to the smoke and from local Ponderosa pine, and then they made wine from the same grapes. And they found that once the grapes were exposed to smoke, the volatile phenols rapidly metabolized by the grape and stored in a sugary form that can't be tasted or smelled. But concentrations remain unchanged in the grapes when they were fermented into the wine. The team found that washing grapes to simulate overhead sprinklers to mitigate smoke did not alter the concentrations of the volatile phenols. Uh, new analytical tests to precisely measure the amount of uh, volatile phenols in grapes uh, have been developed. Until now, they were just uh, compounds were required fermenting small samples and seeing how it tasted and smelled. But they have new tests that can pinpoint it uh, immediately. Results can be realized in hours. And that way you know how strong the grape or the wine is going to smell of smoke and taste of smoke. Said many wines are aged in smoked oak barrels that can contain that volatile phenols that give the desired flavor, but too much in the grape itself can give that overpowering smoky flavor and taste. So it remains there. It's it's something, you know, I, uh, it, and again, we've talked about this before, you really don't know until the wine is made if that's a problem, and uh, it is more than it should be. It is, it is, uh, it is a problem. Yes, it is. Let me see. Is that the one I want? Look at changing ABAs now. I don't think so. Uh, okay. Um, let me go back to this one here. Uh, there we go. Wine train. We talked about the wine train before in the past. The wine train got in trouble. The wine train, you know, <laughs> people on the wine train did bad things to women, and women come. No. A group of women complained about it, and the wine train got got chastised, and it's all over now. I think they even sued him. I don't know. But uh, the wine train, Napa wine train gets a makeover. Uh, the uh, 
Yeah, Connie Quine Train is undergoing extensive exterior and interior renovations beginning this month. Uh, rail cars attached to it will be removed and replaced with five rail cars leased from the Sierra Railroad Company, which also operates uh, wine trains, uh, the Sierra Dinner Train, the Sacramento River Train, and the Skunk Train. I, don't ask me. I don't know. Uh, but they have a skunk train. The cars will also include one dining car and one with removable seats and tables and flexible space so they they can use it for weddings and corporate meetings. And they will also have two observation open air cars so they can have large parties and stuff like that. The wine train will also lease a locomotive and generator car from the Sierra uh, Railroad Company. Renovations to the wine train are expected to be completed by 2019. Uh, according to Napa, 3.5 million visitors visited Napa Valley in 2016, and 14% of those said that they rode the wine train. So lots of people ride that wine train. I did once many, many years ago, many years ago, when they first came out with the wine train. I did a did a ride on the wine train. It was cool. You know, you went on there. But the, they're adding, they've added another car to the train and a new 600 Quattro Vino Tour that for the first time in its 27-year history, it stops along the route at four wineries for tastings. Cool. The majority of the wine train cars were built in 1915. Yes, I said 15 when I first read that. I go, 1915? Jeez. As first-class coaches for the Northern Pacific, they also conducted an extensive interior and exterior renovation in 1952. And... Uh, Oh, of the 1952 Pullman in, um, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make it. Exterior Invasion is probably not. 1952 Pullman two-story dome railroad car beginning the summer 2018. So it's going to happen this year. The Vista Dome is one of 10 full-length dome cars built by the Pullman Company of Milwaukee with nine still in existence. So... The curved windows and all that gives you an amazing view of Napa Valley while you're doing some fine dining. And uh, the multi-course menus prepared in the kitchen located on the lower level of the rail car. They will partner with the Sierra Railroad Company and the wine train to bring out the best they possibly can in the renovations and the... Wine train was purchased by Noble House Hotels and Resort in 2015. That's back when, right when they purchased this, when they had that problem, too. They just, the uh, group of women said that they criticized them and uh, treated them poorly because of their color. So, and so I don't know whatever happened to that. I had a couple of things on it. They do stop now. This new train is going to stop. It's... Um, sort of cool that they do that that they never did before but they'll have four stops they stop at Robert Mondavi Charles Krug 
Maryvale and the Satui wineries. Um, so that that's a cool thing. They used to be just buzz up and down the valley and have dinner and stuff like that or lunch or whatever, but now they're stopping at wineries, which makes it even better. And I'm sure Mondavi, Krug, Maryville, and Satui are thrilled with that because it just brings people right to their doorstep. But the wine train, the wine train is getting some renovations. All right. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Oh, that's a long article. I'm not going to go into that one. Uh, let's see if there's, this one is the one that I was... Uh, oh, yes, this is the one I wanted to talk about. This is actually along the line of what I was just telling you about, too, trying to ship. Uh, they're saying that wine lovers are facing increasing hurdles ordering online. Uh, <laughs> can't find a bottle of wine at your local shop. States and shipping companies are clamping down on shipping by wine retailers, leaving consumers with fewer choices. And they are. They, you know, I mentioned a little bit of this a while back. But the shipping companies, FedEx and UPS, I mean, who else is there out there, are cracking down. They're saying, you know, you need to, you know, have this license. You need to show this. You can't ship this into this state. You can't do this. You can't do that. And obviously, Utah is one of those on the list. But they, uh, they're cracking down on this stuff. And because of that, people are getting a little frustrated with what's going on. Um, the uh, Supreme Court ruling in 2005, uh, Granholm versus Hild, um, since then more than a dozen additional states have legalized direct shipping by wineries to consumers. And now it's risen from 27 in 2005 up to 42 today. But that's still eight short of the total. Uh, they, the Decision did not cover shipping by retailers, though. So while winery direct shipping is growing, the number of states permitting out-of-state retailer direct-to-consumer shipping has fallen from 18 states in 2005 to 13 today. And that's what retailers are screaming. That's what people are screaming about. You're going to have, you can't always contact all the wineries you need or they won't ship or any number of reasons. Um, We've talked to wineries around the country and found out the different rules and regulations that they have and how they can't ship and all that. The 21st Amendment repelled prohibition and at that time delegated alcohol regulations to the states, which left a whole big mess, to be polite about it. Ten states and the District of Columbia allow retail shipping. And three states are so-called reciprocal states, allowing only the retailers from states that allow shipping themselves to ship there. Uh, Many retailers have been shipping into states that don't permit it because the law really wasn't enforced. Um, All the packages look the same. They're treated the same. The states treat them the same. And nobody said much of anything. Uh, Grapes, the wine company uh, out of 
White Plains, New York, said, uh, Daniel Posner. Um, he's also the president of the National Association of Wine Retailers. And he said that the shipping companies are cracking down on this stuff now. Uh, in August, Illinois made it a felony to, to ship into the state from the uh, stores, retailers. Uh, states have banned it, and it's they're checking on who's shipping where and what it is. The uh, past two years, some states have passed stricter laws. In 2015, New York State's Liquor Authority fined an Albany store for shipping out of state. Michigan passed a law prohibiting out-of-state retailers from shipping wine into that state, and Missouri repelled a law that had allowed Missouri residents to receive wine from out-of-state retailers in reciprocal states. Uh, those whose residents could in turn legally buy wine from Missouri retailers. So it's it's changing out there. It goes on and gives a little bit more details of some of this stuff and all that. Um, lost business is starting to affect them too. Uh, lost business and some of these retailers who have done it for a long time uh, and they're not allowed to anymore and because of that it's starting to affect their business their bottom line so they're trying to get that changed um, there you go freethegrapes.org once you get wine shipped into every state there's another side you can start working on trying to get retailers to ship wine to all the states so it's uh, something you can uh, look at there. But uh, that is uh, what's happening in the um, retailer end of it. States are shipping, wineries are shipping, well, not all wineries, because I tried to ship to Utah. I couldn't. So that's what's happening on that. And it's a little bit early, but I think... Tonight's going to have to end a little bit early because my engineer just came in here and let me know that we have a delicious meal that's been prepared and I need to sit down and eat it. Wow. Uh, yes. So Nice. Okay. Yes. There's a pot roast prepared in a slow cooker and that just sounds too good to... Yeah. <laughs> Don't put that on my... hold. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will uh, go ahead and close the show out then, and we'll see everybody back on March. Wow, it's already Mar- February, March. Yeah, March the 1st is March our next 1st. show. Yeah, and, wow, okay. And mm-hmm. we will start talking about all these things that can take the sulfites out of your wine. Ooh. Ooh. That'll be yeah okay yeah I haven't gotten that sound effect up yet but I'm I'm adding um, <laughs> sounds good so uh, tune in next week at uh, 7 p.m. on Thursday that's 7 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. Um, or you can always listen to it on archives but you can always listen to it live and um, we'll see you all next uh, next Thursday thanks for tuning in and um, keep drinking wine it's uh, yeah it was a lot of information on here I was typing notes and stuff okay. Um, We'll close it out then. Uh, Have yourself a good week. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we'll see you here next week. All right. We'll see you. 
This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. We didn't go into the green room. Bye.